Publisher Podcast, episode 120. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Publisher Podcast. It is February 2024 as we release this episode and we are getting really close to the next Women in Publishing Summit. In fact, we have a new coupon code, love yourself, all one word, that will save you $50 off your ticket if you haven't gotten it yet. In today's episode, we're digging into talking about finding an editor, how you know how to find one, what type of editor you need, understanding the different types of editing, all these things. Uh, This is also a topic that we dig into heavily in on day two of the Women in Publishing Summit. So if you have a lot of questions around editing, what kind of editor you need, again, the same things we're discussing in this editor in this interview, but getting really down into the weeds on these things, I hope you'll consider joining us. We go deep on day two talking about setting your budget and your timeline with editing. We have sponsors like First Editing and Speak Right Play and Inkworthy Books and other editing services. Additionally, we have Pro Writing Aid, your self-editing tool, which is the piece that you'll use before editing. But this is a piece that a lot of authors really need to understand so that you make sure you get the right editor and that you are working with the right person as well. So when I mean the right editor, I mean what type of editing, but it's also a very personal relationship that you're going to have with this person. And finding the wrong editor can result in a lot of confusion, a lot of wasted money and energy and time and frustration. So we want to avoid that as much as possible. So please check out the womeninpublishingsummit.com. If nothing else, check out our sponsors page, womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash sponsors, so you can see the editing tools and companies that we have represented because many of them are offering discounts and deals to our attendees, and you don't want to miss those. But of course, we hope you'll join us in the conference as well, where you will have a lot of opportunity to speak with editors, many types of them, and maybe find your perfect match. You definitely want to start the process early because sometimes you might even be working with a developmental editor while you're still writing your book. They may be booked out for a few months. There's just a lot of reasons why you don't want to hold off until you're actually finished with your manuscript before you start considering who you're going to book as your editor and what type of editor you might need. So hopefully this podcast interview will give you at least an introduction to the topic, give you some ideas to think about. And then we hope you'll join us in the conference for a real deep dive into all of these topics. So don't forget, love yourself coupon code will save you $50. And we hope to see you there. That coupon code does expire on February 15th. So make sure you grab that early. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Welcome back to another episode of the Publish Her Podcast. So, you know, we talk about a whole bunch of different things on this podcast, everyone from everything from writing all the way through the marketing and launch and business growth and all of that kind of things. But one of the, one of the things that we do talk about a lot is editing because editing is, I mean, such a crucial part of your journey from getting your 
pile of words into the final product that your audience is going to love and adore. And having just finalized my first novel um, and gone through about 875 rounds of editing through, <laughs> just kidding, it wasn't quite that bad, but I did, I went through the whole thing through developmental edits, through line editing, copy editing, proofreading, the whole thing, because I really wanted to make sure that by the time the book got into the hands of readers, granted, it's my very first novel, so I know it's probably not going to be the best book they've ever read in their entire life, but I wanted it to be a good book that I was proud of. So editing is important, and we will continue talking with you about editing. And today we have an expert here to um, lay out some of the I guess, resolve some of the mystery around finding an editor. So I have Jenny Hubert here with me today. She's a freelance editor and writer based in the New York City area. She has edited number one new releases on Amazon for fantasy authors. She is also the author of The Book Editor Matchmaker, a short ebook that teaches authors how to vet and hire a book editor. Her favorite authors are Jane Austen and Agatha Christie. And you can follow her for free editing tips on TikTok at sweeter underscore then underscore fiction and Instagram at grammar with Jenny. And I'll make sure all of these links and interesting things are in the show notes. So if you missed that, don't panic, we'll get it to you. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. If I can speak today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat editing with you today. Yeah, so let's let's talk first about how you became an editor. It looks like you um you did you start as an author or have you always been uh, in the editing field? How how did this all come about? Yeah, so um I have a degree in communications and writing. So writing is really where I started, but I've been editing for about 8 or 9 years, probably 9 years now since we were in the fall. Um, and I never sold my editing services until I lost my job during a pandemic. Oh, and yes. I, I needed a job. I needed a job where I could work from home. And because I lived in Florida and it wasn't super safe to go outside. Uh -huh. So I thought of what what of my services can I sell from home safely? And I thought about editing. Uh huh. So I thought it was just, you know, something that I was going to get by with until the pandemic ended, but my business just blew up. It turned out so many people wrote pandemic books. Yes, <laughs> me being one of them. Was, <laughs> <laughs> and there was a huge demand for book editors, and I just dove right into that demand, and I have been editing for about two and a half years or selling my editing for two and a half years since then and the demand has not stopped and I just love fulfilling that need for authors. Well that's great and and good for you for being able to find something that you both love doing and can earn a living from and is very helpful to all the authors out there who need this service. So you did write an ebook um the book editor matchmaker. So let's let's talk about this. You your first chapter is what should I do before I research an editor, which I think is really important and something that a lot of people just they just don't know where to start. They know they need to find an editor. And I guess we can also maybe it would be better to start off with just a quick description of how you know what kind of editing you want. And then we can talk about how you research an editor because I think those kind of um go hand in hand. Oh, yes. Yeah. So there are five main types of editing that you could get. Uh, there's a manuscript, manuscript critique, developmental editing, line editing, copy editing, and proofreading. Some authors choose to go through all five. 
some authors on a budget, maybe we'll only do a few of them. But if you're looking to mimic the traditional publishing house um, process, then you most likely will need four or five types of editing. Um, and I would say they kind of split into two categories, manuscript critique and developmental editing is big picture advice, um, advice that helps tighten up your characters, your plot, make sure your hero is proactive, make sure there's tension and conflict. And that's what you have to get done first, because um, if you have a plot hole in your story, your readers will not let you forget it. So that's why it's so important to get that done first. And then once you're happy with your plot and characters, that's when you go with the other three types of editing, which is line, copy, and proofreading. Um, and those really focus on your sentence structure and making sure all the facts in your story are correct. And then you want a proofreader to get rid of all those typos that track changes might have caused or, you know, you know, looking at your story so many times, you might not see double words or something like that. Right. Um yeah, so that's pretty much yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much the types of editing that you're looking for um in a story uh that you're looking to get in a story and um knowing the order of those is crucial as well. Just you know, you want to focus on developmental first and then everything that looks at sentence structure, which is line, copy, and proofreading. Perfect. Um I know when I was going through my editing um journey i started with a developmental editor and we spent a lot of time just really making sure that all the holes were filled that all the things were there that i was giving enough background story and or not too much background story that i was creating the scene and the environment and then when i moved into the um, copy online editing she um she told me very point blank and i think this is i'm talking about this because i think it's important for authors to understand that the role of an editor is not to get you to like this may be a controversial statement, but the role of an editor is not to get you to a perfect book necessarily. It's to get you that next step up from where you were. Um, of course, if you want to go through round after round after round after round, you could probably get your book to the perfect point. But my editor was very clear with me. She was like, my goal is to get this book 10 to 15% better than it was when it came to me. Because, you know, perfectionism is one of those things. But I hear a lot of authors who are like, I had my book edited six times, and we still found errors. So I'm curious, you know, when you're when you're working with authors, or when you're helping them find the perfect editor or working on their books yourself, what what is your philosophy around this? Oh, that is such a good question because it's something I used to be super hard on myself um, when a typo would be found in a book. You know, like sometimes the authors will send me a copy of their book and I leaf through it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that that was there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I don't think it should be controversial at all. You know, and humans are are not perfect and our characters are not perfect. So why shouldn't a book be perfect? Um, yeah, it's something I used to be really hard on myself for, but every good editor, if you notice like in their contract, they'll say something like, um, my like my services cannot bring your book to a hundred percent quality mm -hmm. and, and editing is 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 subjective you know yes. so, what someone thinks is going to be perfect may not be perfect to another person and um when I've hired my own editors almost every single person has that little like disclaimer like 
my my goal is to not make your book absolutely perfect it's to bring it up to the next level or right. to make it um you know like like 90 percent accurate right. or right. something like that well and i think it's interesting because most of the people listening to this podcast not everyone but a, a lot of us are um are self-publishing or indie authors or going with small presses or things like that so one of the, I think one of the biggest differences between indie authors and a lot of the ones who go with a big traditional publishing house is um, craft development, I would say. Like, like we come in and what I mean by that is that a lot of us are writing our first or second book, like we're still learning the craft. We might not have been doing all the things that someone who's been, you know, perfecting their craft for a long time is doing. So a lot of times um, in my discussions with other editors, a lot of times they'll get a book that what it really needs in that first round of developmental editing is like a writing coach to get mm -hmm. them because, because they're newer, that's not a slam on anybody. That's just like, it takes so much to, to get to that level of development. Um, and so I think it's important for indie authors to, to recognize that the, that the process can be longer and there may be more stages and it may be difficult for an editor to get you so far because they can only work with what you've given them. And some people need a lot more help than others. I needed a lot of help with my first fiction. I'm used to writing nonfiction, mm -hmm. very clinical, very fact-based, very, you know, this is this and this is this. And to now create emotions and attachment to characters and really good scene development, like I needed a lot of writing support. So, um, I, I, you know, that, that expectation of the, on the editor, I think it's unfair sometimes that people go in expecting that that editor is going to take their work and poof magic, you know, make it perfect, but at least make it a lot better. Something I learned in one of my editing courses that I've taken is how to not overwhelm your client when uh -huh. you are giving advice, because, if you give them this like huge editorial letter that completely overwhelms them, then they're going to put their book down and never look at it again. Oh, so, this is true. Yes. So editors have to be great at giving you advice that is manageable, that's achievable. Yes. And if you just tell them every single thing that's wrong with their book, then they're going to be like, that's it. I can't do it. But giving them the first steps is what's so important because then they'll be able to go from there and from there and from there and so on. Yeah. Um, I love that because it is overwhelming. I remember when I first, when I got the first round of developmental edits back, I had to step away for like six weeks. Like I just, <laughs> I just, I didn't know how to process it because, you know, I'd been working on the book for two years and I thought I'd, I knew when I sent it to her, I knew that it was far from, from ready to, to go to, you know, the next line of editing. Like I knew there was a lot of work that needed to go into it, but even so like just seeing all the comments and all the feedback, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to take me forever. But taking that time off was really, really healthy for me because one, I'd given myself a long enough timeline that I could. Two, it was a really busy time in, in my life because I got them back in January and our conference runs in, in March. So we were really, really busy. But three, it gave me the time to so to let all of her feedback soak in. And even though I didn't realize it, I was processing all of this and thinking about it. And by the time I came back to it, I was able to do that in a really 
um, healthy way and not be so like, nee, 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 and it, you know, why does she want me to change all this stuff? And why do, all that, it was like, really like, okay, I see where she's coming from. I get this. And remember your editor is your friend and your partner, um, to help you get your book better, not to tear you down. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I mentioned a story like that in the introduction of my ebook where, um, she got like a general evaluation of like, uh, one of my clients got a general evaluation of of the first few chapters of her book and an editor came back at her and said oh my gosh this is terrible like flat out said it was like terrible, oh my but gosh yeah and she put her manuscript away for months because she believed these editors comments oh, and no. that's something that's so so scary you know that that's why scary. it's so important to find like a good editor because that could you know, prevent a book from going out into the world. And now this author has like hundreds of reviews on her book, mostly five stars. And wow, I'm so happy that she pushed past that one opinion. Yeah, that's really and, wonderful. Yeah. Um, so let's get into that then. So let's talk about your ebook. And and now that we kind of have an idea, I, I sidetracked our conversation so much there, <laughs> but sometimes I feel like, you know, we go into these interviews and we just talk about, okay, what's developmental editing? What's line editing? What's copy editing? Mm -hmm. But But we don't spend a whole lot of time talking about the mindset and what's actually happening when you're going through editing and what it feels like to, you know, to send it off and to get it back and to be like, oh my gosh. So I just wanted to spend a little bit of time commiserating with people there <laughs> before we <laughs> yeah. go into like, the, and it also makes the perfect bridge for when you're looking for an editor, what do you need? And what I needed was a cheerleader, somebody who could, who knew my genre, well enough that they knew what was normal and abnormal enough, you know, to give me the right guidance, somebody who was totally on board with the book with me and wanted really was excited about working with me, but somebody who was also like not going to do something like that to me that completely derailed me. So I almost had like a personality type that I was looking for more, more so than their editing skills. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but how do you find that perfect match for when you're getting started? Yeah, there's so many, there's so many factors that that create a great editor. And I think you mentioned one of the most important parts, which is genre, you yes. know, you want to find an editor that works within your genre. Um, it's not completely necessary. There's no rule book saying that you have to find an editor that works within your genre. But, um, you know, I, I personally want to work with an author who knows their genre so that I know yes. what to expect. Yes. Um, some authors come up to me and they're like, I don't know, it could be fantasy, it could be science fiction, could be nonfiction. Those really throw me for right. <laughs> a loop. Um, so knowing the difference between fiction and nonfiction first is really important. And then um, knowing your genre subgenre i don't think a lot of authors realize that um i i mainly edit like fantasy but i also want to know their subgenre is it a dark yeah. fantasy is it urban fantasy is it a fairy tale like stuff like that um because i want to work with with authors who know their genre well and um can be familiar with the tropes and what kind of yes. like what you said what's 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 normal what's abnormal what's the word count gonna look yes. like stuff like that um 
Yeah, I, I think it's really important because I know along the journey, my my editor was um, she was making references to other books that could that I might want to read as well, um, you know, to get a feel for what I was trying to do with things. She, I mean, she really she knows the genre and the time period really well. Um, enough to help guide me as I'm developing as a writer too, which I know that's not something that all editors do, but um, but it's a nice touch when they're able to do that. And they only can do that if they're familiar with the genre you're writing in. Mm -hmm. I actually just, uh, I'm working on a, on a cozy fantasy right now. Oh, but she I originally that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so she, so my client pitched it to me as a fantasy and then um, I did the, usually I read a book first all the way through mm -hmm. and then I kind of like give like my general thoughts. And then it wasn't until like she came back to me and was like, oh, I was thinking that, you know, I got critiques from my beta readers that this is a cozy fantasy. And that completely changed my mindset because fantasy is usually super high stakes. Like right. someone's life is always at risk. Um, but cozy fantasy is more about relationships and um just going through like day-to-day -day, uh situations but still having conflict and tension right. and that completely shaped my advice yeah for my client because now I know that she wants lower stakes and I'm not right. going to give advice that increases the stakes because she wants lower stakes so why right. would I give advice that would completely change the structure of her novel so just even adding like a subgenre like that is just so important in shaping how I'm going to look at your book yeah completely agree so what are some of the when you know obviously determining the type of editing that you need knowing um some of the things that you want to look for in an editor how do they go about finding you so they know okay I'm writing fantasy I need a I need a a developmental editor for fantasy how how what's the next step yeah so there's a lot of uh a lot of resources you can find an editor uh where you can find an editor and um my main advice for first time authors is to go through the editorial freelancers association okay. or readsy um of course the best way to have the best way is an author referral um learning from your author friends who they liked and why they liked them um but sometimes we don't always have author friends or they might have had a bad experience with an editor so we don't always you know trust the choices that they say but if you're starting completely from a blank slate and you have no idea where to look for an editor, I would definitely say the Editorial Freelancers Association and Readsy because they have a bunch of little boxes that you can check off. Mm -hmm. And there is some editor out there who matches all your qualifications. It's like bizarre. <laughs> that's that's a good tool. Yeah, I like yeah. I like Readsies. I, I did not think about sending people to the Editorial Freelancers Association. That's a great mm -hmm. resource. Yeah, it's basically the same thing as Readsy, except... Um, it's like a pay to play uh, platform where the editors pay a membership and mm -hmm. that's how um, it kind of gives them a little bit more seriousness to, you know, if they're paying for a membership, uh, it shows that they're serious about their craft. Um, I personally like that. I, when I look for editors, um, I, I look at both of those websites and just yeah. click all the boxes. It's really fun. And you'd be surprised how there's someone that just pops up that has like your exact uh, qualification that you need. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Um, all right. Uh, so I guess then our my last question would be if someone in our audience is writing, you're looking for fantasy primarily, right? Do you edit any other genres? Yeah, I, I edit most uh, genres, but um, my main focuses are fantasy, science fiction, contemporary, and historical fiction. Oh, cool. um, yeah, and I tend to stay away from um, romance like mm-hmm. as a genre only because I don't read it often and I'm not as familiar with the tropes. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of going back to what I was saying before, like, you know, I'm not going to edit in a genre I'm not super familiar with. Um, so yeah, I like to stay more towards the, the, the big, big settings and magical elements and something that's different from our world, but I love reading contemporary. So I edit contemporary as well. (laughs) Fair enough. And how do people find you and reach out to you for a quote? Yeah. So I, there's a few ways. Um, my main way is through my website, uh, jennyhubertedits.com. Um, that has a description of all my services and it gives you a solid way to reach out to me. Cause I know uh, some authors try to reach out to me on TikTok or Instagram and those messengers are so glitchy. Yeah. So I really prefer um, an email through my website. Um, the only thing is that sometimes my responses will go to spam. So I have a little message that says, if you don't hear from me in 72 hours, um, check your spam. Um but that's definitely the most official way. I give you prompts to answer mm-hmm. and it's like a little mini questionnaire just to make sure that, you know, we're the right fit for each other. So that would definitely be the strongest way. Perfect. All right. Well, I enjoyed this conversation very much. I think it's always fun to um, talk to other experts in the industry and bring a little bit of a different uh, side of things to our to our authors. So thank you so much for your time. And thank you, Alexa. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. You don't have to give me your heart. You don't have to give it away. You don't thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.